Hello and welcome to Once More with Commentary. We are now an Angel Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Jenny. And today we are talking about harm's way and soul purpose. We are. Uh, <laughs> How many, full disclosure, we, yeah. <laughs> take two. <laughs> yeah, have we done this once before, perhaps? Uh, uh, it's I almost see... like we just talked about this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I see sound lines on my garage band, so this time I'm I am 99% sure that there is audio from my side. I somehow messed it up yesterday and we recorded the entire episode before I realized not mine had not caught any audio whatsoever. So yeah, that we was kind a fun. Of thought maybe you guys don't want to listen to a one-sided conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be sort of entertaining. Actually, you know what that reminds me of? This is such It'd a be weird... like Mad Libs for podcasting. <laughs> okay, this is a weird this is a weird too much detail story, but um, when we were in high school, my firm, or maybe I, I might've been in middle school still, but at some point when my sister got her driver's license, she used to drive this old Pontiac and it was a fine car, I guess. I mean, it broke down all the time as did every car that we ever had growing up. But um, at one point the speakers blew out on one side of the car. And so it was fun because it was, she was right after she got her license and she was like introducing me to the blue album of Weezer. And I thought it was really cool. Cause I was, that's how I know. Actually I was in middle school was in eighth grade probably. But, um, suffice to say we would always listen to it in the car, but this, because the speakers weren't on one, they would go in and out on one side. And eventually I think they just totally stopped on one side of the car. Um, so like mostly the song sounded okay, but in the sweater song, you're familiar with this song. Yeah. It has this like guy talking to like party goers kind of it is in like interstitial ways sort of where he's like hey how's it go you know like people are having yeah. a conversation it turns out that's uh done i i forget i get in stereo i guess where like one of them plays out of one side and one plays out of the other side of the speakers and for years it was like a year or two before i finally heard the song i was like oh i thought he was just talking to himself this whole time <laughs> like wait this like, is a conversation yeah it was literally a revelation <laughs> to me that i was like oh i thought that was just like a, like a joke or like an, a weird like meta thing, you know, where I was like, oh, this guy's just having a conversation with himself. <laughs> well, that's what this would have so been. It would have been me talking that. to my imaginary mm-hmm. friend, Jenny, about Angel. Yeah. And which... everybody wondering if their car speakers are just broken on one side. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway yeah, it's uh, we're going to try to do better this time. Um, I know we're, we're going to try and do better. But we're also more and more removed from it. So. Yeah, so fair warning, we might have forgotten, like, the entire plot of Soul Purpose, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, there is no plot. That was the, definitely the point that we landed on uh, when we were talking about it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe that part is just going to be a little shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but speaking of episodes that have a plot, why don't yes. you tell us what happened in Harm's Way? Because that episode, I remember we were very into this episode. I mean, we were, and I'm still really into it. And if I, I was thankful that on a day where we lost the audio, it wasn't a day where we hated the episodes. Because like, <laughs> it's true, that we really don't talk about awful episodes again. Insult I, to I injury. For that. Like if this had happened during the like Cordelia debacle, like can you imagine how mad God. you'd be at me? <laughs> We had to rehash, like, the worst part of this entire project. We would have just had to, like, release, like, a notice and be like, we're really sorry, but sorry. we will not be reviewing these <laughs> We're never talking about these again. 
Um, well, yes, but to that point, thankfully, Harm's Way was not like that. Obviously, we both really liked this episode because we talked about it yesterday, but I knew that we were going to like it anyway because it was a Harmony-centric episode. So um, this one starts with sort of a, I don't know if it's supposed to be real or a joke, but like a little orientation video about the new role from Heart. You know, they've got this new CEO, there's new rules, you can't kill people so much anymore. The vampires that work there can't drink human blood, blah, 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 blah. It's hilarious. Um, and then we kind of get to go into a day in the life of Harmony now that she's the executive assistant for Angel. And she's kind of like a girl making it on her own in the big city. <laughs> so she gets up in the morning, she brushes her teeth, she vamps out so that she can brush her fangs, which is very responsible. Um, and then, you know, she gets dressed one leg at a time like everyone else, except that she is super strong and can lift up her dresser easily now to look for her shoe that she can't find. Um, she, like, talks to her neighbors and whatnot. And it kind of seems at first like she's got this great new life, but we kind of quickly see that, you know, her time at uh, Wolfram and Hart is, is actually a little strained. Um, she doesn't seem to get along with any of the other entry level staff or like support staff, like everybody else's assistants don't like her partially because she's still kind of got a mean girl mentality about how she treats them, but also maybe just because they don't like her, you know, she just doesn't really fit in with this crowd. And it seems like she's not really gelling that well with Angel either. Like him and, uh, the original kind of Angel Investigations crew, they don't really listen to her ideas. Uh, and they just kind of don't even notice that she's there for the most part. And, um, so she's kind of struggling. She's struggling to make friends. She's struggling to feel like she's doing good, good at her new job. Um, but she does end up having a conversation with Fred and they end up going to get drinks together. And it seems like this is a really great, like they're, she's finally bonding with someone. Um, but then Fred kind of points to this guy at the bar and, uh, suggests that he's interested in harmony. So she goes to flirt with him and then we don't exactly know what happens. She wakes up the next day. That guy is next to her in bed. They've clearly slept together, but also he has vamp marks on his neck and he's dead. So she presumably, you know, drained him. Um, it turns, you know, that's already bad enough because of the new policies at Wolfram and Hart, but it turns from bad to worse because it turns out he was the lead negotiator in this deal that Angel and his team have been working on for months to try and get these warring demon clans to sit together at a summit and make peace with one another. Um, but to make this a little quicker, it turns out, of course, Harmony didn't do this. She has to find do the sleuthing all on her own, but she finally figures out that another executive assistant or secretary or somebody basically set her up and uh, put human blood in her thermos at work so that she would test positive for human blood, murdered that guy and left him in her bed, blah, 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 drugged her the night before and all this. So, um, you know, obviously it's good that Harmony didn't do any of these things and she does sort of save the day at the end by staking that girl in front of these warring clans who decide that that's good enough, you know, make up for the um, negotiator that they lost. But Angel's still not treating her super well, but she does kind of get this bright spot at the end. She talks to Spike, who's also not very helpful, except that he kind of helps her realize that she's great on her own. That was more long-winded than when we did it yesterday. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Trying I, you to know, really funny, remind like myself you, of... <laughs> you said a couple things where I'm like picturing Harmony in the opening credits of like the Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> I was thinking Mary Tyler Moore right before we started recording. I actually meant to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I love the opening of this episode. I love it's the so fake good. commercial. I, I love this day in the life of Harmony where... 
you know, we see exactly what you say. Like, it's still Harmony. She's Harmony as a vampire, but she it's very much this, like, you know, almost like working girl kind of, like, <laughs> you know... Young woman in the in the you know admin pool like you know working her entry level job and just trying to get through the day and like I think they really captured so well like this this tone of like well one like really leaning into like the kind of workplace setting right and mm-hmm. and playing it for comedy too but like also really capturing this idea of like what it is like to work as the lowest member of the totem pole in your office and like not getting the respect for when you do your job well, always assuming that you're doing something wrong or don't understand. And then also, but like not being communicated to very well, not being treated (laughs) well. And like, just generally like the, you're like the cog that makes everything work, but like you're kind of dismissed at the same time. And like, we see that in (laughs) Harmony and Angel's interactions like so well. We also see it in Harmony's own dismissal of like the other people in her position Mm -hmm. right like she she not only like she is kind of being oppressed by like angel's managerial style right right but she's also assuming that she's better than the other admins as well because of her who her boss is right um but i just thought it was like a very realistic depiction of what it's like to like be in the assistant class and (laughs) like i wonder if like the people who wrote this episode are like calling their assistants like, hey. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I know, you know, you and I both worked admin entry-level jobs, you know, out of college. And this episode was just highly relatable. (laughs) You know, granted, we weren't, to my knowledge, you were not um, arranging, you know, demon clan summits. But, you know, you're ordering catering. You're trying to keep your boss happy and do these little tasks. And, they don't tell you exactly what they need or they don't listen to you the first time when you explain something that then they later will be like, why didn't you tell me, you know? And we just got so many good examples of that. I think that's certainly one of the reasons why this episode stands out. I think, I mean, the biggest reason is just because Kendall, I'm Harmony Kendall is just a, she's just a delight. Like I could watch her do anything and it would be a good episode, but like couple that with this, like just really accurate, but kind of sarcastic view of like, assistance in the corporate world is just as very entertaining. And I think it's so frustrating too to watch, right? Because like Harmony the whole time, like for the work related stuff, it's like trying so hard and she's not wrong. Like she's doing the research. She's coming to the correct conclusions. She's the only person who seems to recognize that these two warring clans, like it's not just an annoyance that they require all this like pageantry and tradition and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff. It's like absolutely crucial to their happiness. Like, you know, of course, their mediator is killed, and that's a wrinkle. But, like, Angel and Gunn and everybody aren't, aren't even trying to give them any of the other things that might help smooth the way. Like, Harmony, you know, has researched, oh, they they really like to open festivities with, like, you know, Eating this ritual slaughter of a camel, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. like, everybody eats it. And they, I think it would put them in a really good mood. And, like, she's right, but all Angel and everyone sees is that Harmony has ordered a live camel to the office but it's like if Angel was willing to listen to her and participate and put the effort in like it might have helped smooth the way and like you mentioned like at the end Harmony accidentally helps resolve some of their anger because she like stakes another vampire in front of them aka gives them the like ritual sacrifice they want to like Mm -hmm. start this thing but it's all accidental but no one's listening to her and they're just telling her like can't you just make it easy and have like a cheese plate right 
and they're, they're, blaming, they're putting all the blame on Harmony, <laughs> but like they're really kind of not doing the most that they can do on their end. And it's like, it's really this perfect picture of like management assuming they like know everything and like <laughs> not so being true. able to like put the extra effort in because of course everything is supposed to be taken care of by everyone else but they won't listen to the way to do it correctly because again goes back in the circle of like they have all the answers so it's, it's just true like this is starting to feel a little personal <laughs> no 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 I, like I I just like no, not, not, I, not from like my own experiences, but like things I've witnessed where like, you for know, it's sure, like that, yeah. does, that is a tendency of like, you know, bad management styles, right? No, and I like, totally agree with you where I also, it's, you no, know, the more you're talking, the more I'm like, God, that just reminds me of every time that like people make a big declaration. Now I am just taking us off topic, but like companies, you know, or corporations like from the senior level make a big announcement about how you have to do things but since they're the ones not doing the day-to-day they have no idea what that really means and anyway now I'm off topic but yes I everything that Harmony did was very relatable actually the other thing that you're saying that we didn't talk about yesterday (laughs) uh we did talk about how Angel is obviously a terrible manager on a personal level like he is not treating Harmony well he's not helping her grow or learn or do any he's not giving her any tools to succeed in her job but more importantly I think it, obviously, it's admirable that Angel is trying to... They're doing what they can to kind of curb the evil tendencies of this incredibly explicitly evil law firm. But it also means that they're bringing in a lot of judgment to everybody that they're working with. And I think this is not the point of the episode, but I it's definitely, you know, like, everything that you're describing is true. Like, they refuse to kind of do these basic steps that would help these demons feel more comfortable and it's sort of like you're just kind of in here on your high horse angel but you're not doing your job correctly you know they weren't asking to kill a person they weren't asking to do something amoral it's just something that angel and them thought was gross right like they're yeah not and doing also this well. it requires <laughs> like an extra step of effort for them to see these people as like their needs being valid but like angel and his team are kind of like half-assing the like the part of their job that is running an evil law firm because mm-hmm. they they think they're above and well exactly like it just morally superior to being ahead of a an illegal like a, a evil law firm but like that is the part as Gunn says like they have to do this stuff so that they can keep the office running so that mm-hmm. they can use it to fight the evil like it's like this vicious circle that they're trapped in but they seem to only be willing to put the effort into the good part but like they can't succeed at keeping it running if they don't pay attention to what needs to be done for the other thing and like they're completely unwilling to like research it and look into it and listen because it just they would rather not be dealing with it at all Mm -hmm. but like it's not they're not going to be successful and it's like it's really frustrating to watch and it's like you know really obvious that like they're all in these roles and doing well in like the job on paper, but they're yeah. really failing at the like more personal aspects of it, of like the people management and then just assuming that everything is important. And like Angel too, I mean, his treatment of Harmony is awful. It's so bad. Cause there's this scene where she spends the whole morning <laughs> pushing the other assistants out of the way to get him his mug of blood in the morning leaves it on the counter he doesn't take it she brings it to him again he doesn't drink it and then the next day when she's a few minutes late because she thinks she's murdered a guy and had to throw away his body uh you know then angel's all of a sudden like well where's my where's my mug of co- of blood and it's just like 
you didn't wouldn't have never noticed it if it was there. You only care now because you just want to lash out at her about something. He's yeah, unsur- You know, I will say completely in character though. At least like this is very consistent with if you had told me Angel was gonna run a an office and be a boss to an assistant, this is exactly how I would have imagined him to treat them. So, well, it is also interesting too because like I think I refer to Angel as like Miranda Priestley, right? Like he's yeah. definitely got like <laughs> double wears Prada vibes going on. He's but like one step away. <laughs> he is, but what's funny about that and what's interesting is that we've seen him be the boss of an assistant before and he wasn't he didn't fully act this way. And I think it's a crucial difference where he also doesn't respect harmony. Like right, specifically, he, he didn't treat Cordelia this badly because he respected her. And like, mm. he didn't maybe didn't view her as an equal in the operation, but he viewed her as important and worth listening to. And, you know, respected her on a personal level where harmony is just a joke to them. It's true. And yes, harmony is silly and a little dim and, you know, also evil, but they all treat her horribly. I mean, Spike in this episode, too, is, like, awful Spike to her. Is, yeah. I mean, I think we mentioned this before, too, but, like, I think in a couple episodes ago, but, like, Harmony is, like, played for comedy. Her, like, yeah. Completely. The, but, like, the tragedy is there, too. Yeah. I think as much as I agree that this was a frustrating episode because they nail these office dynamics really well... We should not forget that this was also a super fun, super funny episode. And when you say that they were playing Harmony for comedy, I know what you mean is they play the Spike Harmony relationship for comedy. And that's not not actually funny. But everything else about Harmony is hilarious. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like her, the actual the actual performance of Harmony is just she is just so sparkling and like fun to watch. And she's also just so good at pulling off these hijinks, right? Like this episode is like, okay, yeah, she's brushing her fangs and that's funny, but she just has all these one-liners and things like that that are amusing. And then it just turns out, you know, halfway through the episode, nobody believes that she's not guilty. And so she just has to one by one (laughs) knock people over the head and stuff them in a closet. But like, that's comedy gold. Yes. I would watch that all day. No, it totally is. And also it's showing that like she has no other option available to her. Like it's very frustrating at the end where they're like, well, why didn't you just say something? And it's like, well, they are not recognizing that, like, that wasn't an option available to her. But, like, her resourcefulness is, like, admirable to watch. But it's also so funny because, like, her resourcefulness always ends up to, like, well, just conk somebody on the head and, like, throw them in the closet. Because let's not forget, at the end of the day, she is an an evil vampire. So, like, it doesn't, like, her, the conclusions that she comes to maybe wouldn't be what you and I would come to. But she's just trying to, like solve this case on her own and figure out what's going on. And she does it, but she harms a few people in the, you know, yes, on the way. But, you know, but then it's punctuated by her chugging from her, like, thermos that's covered in <laughs> unicorn stickers. And, like, you know, the one. other woman who's, like, trying to kill her, like, hates all her unicorns. Like, it's yeah. just, Harmony is just so well-defined, I think. She is. You know what other line that just killed me was... <laughs> She comes into the office late, right? Okay, like, she gets drugged. She gets set up as though she murdered this guy. The next day, she's, like, running late for work, understandably. And then she's also trying to avoid the blood test because now that Angel's there, all the vampires have to do a little, like, 
finger prick test to decide to determine that they haven't in fact been eating humans. And so she's trying to hide from that guy. Cause she thinks that she's done it. So she's like crouched behind her desk and angels like, what are you doing? And she says, she's doing like an office, like a, the new desk workout. Desk <laughs> goes, crunches. Get fit while you sit. <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. I obviously I'm just cracking myself. I'm just talking about it. Cause it was just so funny to me. Get fit while you sit. I'm going to say that every day when I'm sitting, <laughs> it's uh, gonna be the mantra of like the next few months Get exactly while you sit. <laughs> and then when she's like first running through her options before she decides that she's gonna kind of solve this mystery and she's just like maybe i'll just run away and start a new life i'll get a new name harmonita it's just like <laughs> harmony you gotta get further than your own using your own name <laughs> Uh, because she's still harmony at the end of the day but exactly like, like she is you know, an airhead she's just not stupid it is, but it's also so sad that, like, you know, she, at the end, everyone's asking her, like, why didn't you just tell us? And, like, it's so unobservant of them it to is. notice that, like, of course she can't just tell them. Like, even Fred doesn't really seem to recognize this. But Harmony kind of, like, shames them all where she's like, look, I don't have a soul. I have to try twice as hard as it's everyone. So and, like, and she says before this all happened, she'd been clean for, like, eight months. And, like, she is by nature, a creature that wants to kill and drink the blood of humans, like, she hasn't done that in eight months. She's clearly been trying and succeeding. Mm -hmm. This happens without her, her doing, and, like, she wouldn't have been given the benefit of the doubt. And, like, she has to try so hard, and none of them recognize or, like, value that. I agree. That she would even be trying. I think that's actually my only complaint about this episode, is that it doesn't feel like anybody learned anything, anybody aside from her learned anything. And like, as much as I appreciate that. So at the end of the episode, she does have this conversation with Spike and he's offers nothing good for himself, but he does say something that kind of helps her see like, oh, maybe I am worth something, you know, just like she kind of has this moment of like, I don't know, not self-actualization, but something, you know, something along those lines, right? Where she starts to feel like, maybe she can feel good on her own. And I'm, I'm happy that they want to kind of give her this motivation on her own, but I'm still annoyed that nobody else came around by the end of it. Um, I also think it's funny that you should mention specifically how Fred is not observant about what's going on, nor is anybody because the other kind of detail that's in here is that, um, you know, all the other office staff is gossiping about the higher ups, which is to say the angel investigations team. And they are, are all, under the impression that Fred is, you know, kind of in a love triangle with Knox and Gunn. Uh, but Harmony's the only one that actually knows that it's Wesley. And she doesn't know that because Fred told her. She just knows because she's just a, clearly a more keen observer than most of them, which is actually another thing that was always true about Cordelia. So maybe there's some sort of shared mean girl, you know, personality quirk where it's like, I don't know. But they both, she, she, I just thought it was really interesting that like, she's the one who has actually noticed everything that's going on in the office and filed it away in her head, not for evil purposes. Yeah. I mean, like just because that's what happens when you work in an office. Yeah. But they can't be bothered to notice anything about her except if she's because they're too far. Remember they're too morally superior. Mm -hmm, Like exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just this nuisance that they have to deal with. So Um, I know that you laughed about Angel's number one boss mug when we were talking yesterday, but here's the question. Do you think he bought that for himself or do you think Harmony bought that for him or like got that? Oh, totally. Harmony bought that for him. Okay. That's like her. (laughs) Yeah. And he just drinks out of it because she hands him his otter blood and like he, that's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he like hates it, but. Okay. 
I think Angel, like, or you know what I also think, like, Angel might say he hates it and, like, secretly like That's it. what I was going to say. I wouldn't put it past Angel to be like, oh, there's no other mug. I guess you have to use this one. You know, like, he's totally that sort of person who, like, doesn't want anyone to know how vain he is. Actually, that's been a plot point before, so. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's pretty much what we've got on this one. (laughs) But I I think so. I think this one was just like, it was an exciting caper. The pacing was really good. The tone was perfect. Like setting it off with this sort of like promo ad for the company and then going into Harmony's Day, like really got it right off on the right tone from the beginning. And then, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like it was so zippy. I feel like the mystery was good you know like I was interested to figure out what had really happened I was pretty sure that Harmony you know I didn't ever really think she had done it but like I thought it was great it was a good caper it was fun and then yeah we get that little Harmony and there's kind of like a it's kind of a a cool misdirect where like we see Harmony interact with this woman Tamika Mm -hmm. at the beginning where I think it's Tamika um not Sambuca right not Sambuca Um, (laughs) and we see Harmony kind of like accidentally bump into her and then we see her give her like a dirty look and walk away. But then you assume like she's not even interacting with this woman. Mm -hmm. She's like interacting with the other people. And then it turns out to be this like random person that you encounter at the beginning of the episode, but turns out it's not so random. Like they were all in the steno pool together and this woman has been there for five years and is just jealous that Harmony got promoted after like a few months. Yeah. Um, Never mind that, like, maybe she's proving why she wasn't promoted because she's, like, pursuing her own personal vendetta at the expense of, like, <laughs> the company, company mission. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's why. But um, also I was kind of wondering, like, where did all the vampires in the steno pool come from? Because the building used to have vampire alarms that would go off when Angel would enter. So mm, maybe don't think like about that. recent change. But, yeah, I don't. Plot holes I don't really want to think about too much. Yeah. Um, or continuity errors, I guess. I suppose um, they could have changed the policy with the new building. Well, I mean, they can't really have vampire alarms going off when the boss is a vampire. So, right. yeah, maybe it's equal opportunity now. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's just, it's just like such a sparkling episode. And the tone is so markedly different from pretty much any other Angel episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, we were kind of talking about this where, like, the tone seems to be... I think just because of the change of setting, like, it's a little lighter. It is. Overall. The um, season. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. we used to get little snippets of, like, the legal drama, but, like, now it's, like, office satire at the same time as, like, everything else. And and I think it adds something really nice to the show. It um, does. It definitely has breathed some lifeblood black back into the show that they are in this new setting. So they just have so much more to work with and to react to and to like poke fun at that. Yeah. I mean like when they're just stuck in the hotel, it's like if you're not doing a flashback, there's nothing you can do there. Cause it's just a very large building where there's five people. Right. So yeah, it's just, it's just a bunch of people in a really dark room. Like, yeah. You know, even for hotel lobby is like constantly dark. So, um, Yeah, definitely a refreshing change of pace. And I think we've said this before, but, like, Mercedes McNabb, like, brings, like, a lovely energy to to the show. Like, if they just called called the show Harmony from here on out and that was, like, the rest of this show, I would be totally happy with that. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about, like, Harmony being, like, a reality star. And, like, couldn't you see, like, a, um, like, something like, um, was it, like, The Hills or, Mm -hmm. like... The city, maybe, which was the one where they were like 
I don't I don't really watch those, yeah. but like there, there was one that was Where they were like interns. a fashion internship yeah. or something, and like you could totally see them doing one about like harmony in the assistant pool. <laughs> it's so true. Well, I mean, and we and to admit that they there is in the early um, season eight Buffy comics, there is a whole comic that's about harmony because she is a reality star now. <laughs> Totally. I mean, like, I wish they had gotten the origins of that here because she definitely like sparkles in a way that none of the others do. I mean, she's just like she's evil and she's troubled and she doesn't even have like a very happy existence, but she's not brooding about it. Unlike everyone else, she's still upbeat and chipper and funny about it. Yeah. Um, (sighs) Speaking of brooding, yes. Who did some brooding in the next episode? I wonder. Into the the next episode. because in this episode, we we barely mentioned Spike, but he, you know, says yes. his goodbyes. He's leaving Wolfram and Hart now that he's corporeal, and he's going to go link up with Buffy in Europe. And at the end of the episode, he comes back, and he, he decides that, you know, his time hasn't come to leave yet. Like, something's pulling him back. So we see Spike in this episode. He's hanging out at a strip club, just enjoying being corporeal again, drinking, like, you know, basically doing what you would expect Spike to do the moment he's no longer a ghost. And he encounters this man in the strip club who tells him that he's been sent to help him fight evil and find his like path. And he calls himself Doyle and says he has visions. Um, but it's Lindsay. Like we saw Lindsay in the last episode before harm's way. And so now we see like Lindsay has like started to enact his plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we know he's working with Eve and he's up to something. So, Lindsay kind of gets Spike a new place to crash. He gets him fighting evil, like, you know, basically even uttering the words like he's going to help the helpless or basically um, he's doing Angel season one's mission, right? Yes. And Gunn and Wesley get wind of this and they're like, hey, we can help out. And Spike turns them down. He says, no, um, you guys think that you're on the side of good, but like, sorry, this place is going to corrupt you. Um, you think you're changing Wolfram and Hart from the inside, but it's probably just going to change you. And meanwhile, all of this is going on, and Angel's, like, nowhere to be found because Angel has been brooding heavily over the fact that Spike beat him to the fake cup of dreams or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. and <laughs> beat him basically beat him to being the champion. And Angel's really troubled by this because it turned out to be like a diversion and it wasn't real but if it had been real like what does that mean like angel has had his whole sense of destiny a little bit ruffled by the fact that spike is also there contending for his crown if you will mm-hmm. um and eve and um Lindsay. Lindsay, thank you are taking advantage of this like angel's feeling you know sad and broody and run down so he goes up to his room to lay down they they get this like parasite thing on him that basically makes him dream these really vivid um hallucinations and they're just weird like fred is digging into his chest cavity and pulling out Mm -hmm. like goldfish and strands of pearls and there's a bear and all this stuff and and there's all these different dreams and basically they all boil down to like angel's worried that like he's not the hero that he thinks he's supposed to be Mm -hmm. at the end he fights his way out of it spike shows up to help pull this thing off of him and Everyone has their suspicions now that Eve is involved in some way, and they don't know that she's working with Lindsay because they don't know Lindsay's there. Like, Spike hasn't mentioned this guy who came and talked to him, but now they're all suspicious that Eve is up to something, Mm -hmm. and something has been going on to try to 
distract Angel while other 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 plans are being put in motion. Yeah, so that's where we that's where we end this episode. It, <laughs> it's no harm's way. It's no harm's that. way. I agree. And I think uh, it's so weird to feel like I'm repeating myself, but I know we didn't. <laughs> no one has heard this yet except for you. I just I I think the real issue with this episode, like each of the dream sequences that Angel is having, they I mean that took took up the bulk of the episode, but that fun as they were for the most part, they don't advance the plot at all, right? So it's just at at a certain point, I I do appreciate when the show is trying to do kind of like emotional character development for Angel, but I don't feel like these dreams really told us anything that we A, didn't already know, and that B, by the fourth or fifth one, you didn't already hit in another, like a previous one in the episode. So like, I think my biggest issue with this episode is that all the elements were fine. It just didn't gel together into like a, a, a very meaningful story. Like this doesn't really get us anywhere. Like I feel like if you went from harm's way to the next episode, you would pretty much know all you need to know is that like they suspect Eve, right? Like it didn't really reveal much for the actual story. No, I mean, he's interacting in every dream with a new character or, you know, one of his friends, Mm -hmm. but they're all telling him the same thing. So there's no evolution of his like fever journey. And, you know, this is kind of like the show trying to do a version of Restless where there's a bunch of seemingly bizarre occurrences that happen in a dream with like different people interacting in weird ways. And like maybe the the bear is kind of like the cheese man, right? But... (laughs) It's it doesn't work because they're not each individual dream doesn't happen to a different character. They're all from Angel's point of view and Angel's right. just interacting with everyone and Angel's only worried about the same thing in each of them. So by the end of it, like Lauren is trying to get him to sing and you're just like, Oh my god, this is so boring. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like that might be interesting if that was the only thing that happened, but by that point you're just like can we be done with this? Because they're not saying anything new. It just seems to be there because they're like, wow, what if we had like Angel have some weird fever dream? And like, that's it. And at the end of the episode, Angel hasn't come to any new conclusions. Like he hasn't learned that he's okay with Spike also vying for some kind of hero title. He hasn't determined that like, he's not going to let this get to him. Like he's just discovered that someone put something on him that made him have these dreams and he wakes up and he like lashes out at Eve. Like that's it. Right. And, and and more to his normal point, he, you know, it's not even like he wakes up and then really confides in everybody about how worried he is about what this means. No. Like he has no real personal growth despite this being an entire episode just devoted to his character, his inner character. (laughs) It's true. We're seeing his inner, like, fever dreams, but, like, he's not learning anything from it, and we're not gaining any new information from it. Yeah. So, yes. I thought all of the dream sequences were funny, right? Like, they were all pretty amusing. You know, definitely... I I liked the operation style, you know, Fred pulls everything out of him and it's like all really bizarre. And then also just her, you know, like that, that her pulling the pearl necklace and just wearing it was just weird, but like in a good amusing way, she just finds raisins in him and starts eating them. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. Like I was amused by that. It just basically, she like pulls a fruit plate out of him, right? Like she's like, (laughs) okay, here's some raisins. Here's a little walnut. That's supposed to be your heart. Yeah. Like, you know, well, and that's a callback to, you know, in the, the, the um, numero cinco episode where he's like worried that his heart is a dried up walnut. 
because people keep telling him that it is. I just, yeah, I just wish, I, I definitely agree with you. I wish that when he were interacting with those people, it had instead been a mystical thing that also revealed something about how they're feeling. Like if this had been, oh, in Fred's dream, you see how she's really worried about what being the head of this lab means. And in Wesley's dream, we see what he's dealing with, you know, like maybe some more fallout about him killing his father. Like, and yeah, it's just that the angel bit just got so redundant. And I think it's like, of course they can't because like angel's the only one that's dreaming, but then why do we need to have so many dreams? Like just right. Exactly. Like either make them all one contained story or like only have one dream, but don't have multiple dreams that are just different variations on the same thing. Right. And I mean, I guess there were two or three themes because one is that he's worried he can't love and, uh, but the big thing was just that he's worried that Spike is taking his place and that everybody's going to like Spike more than him, which is also just kind of a petty feeling. Like there is a deeper emotion there about how he's worried that like his life won't mean anything, but they didn't feel like they really framed it on the dramatic side of it. It was more just the, the pettiness. Angel is always so petty. (laughs) Angel is petty. You know, like, that's kind of crazy, right? Like, yeah. I don't think... I think it, it's kind of nice because it's sort of like, what does it mean to be a hero? Like, you know, everyone's so doubtful that Spike can be a hero because of his past. And mm-hmm. Angel's past is arguably worse, but he gets a pass because... He's the special one. It's supposed to be two different <laughs> yeah. people, right? No one and, else gets that luxury, but he does. Yeah. But, like, Spike is, regardless of his past, like, he's drinking, he's, like lecherous he's awful to harmony like all this stuff and so everyone's like doubtful like you but Mm -hmm. then and his his like his transformation is newer but like angel is also a dick yeah he is so (laughs) it's like does he deserve to be the hero too like just because of his actions like it's like yeah he feels guilty about like everything that he's done over the centuries but like he's also kind of a terrible person he is he could be a lot better and i don't think that the show is aware of that fact you know like i think they just think it's funny when he's petty and it's interesting when you know he i don't know when he's broody but yeah (laughs) um you know but going so the flip side in this episode and this was something that we uh you know, a fun observation that Alex had that I shared with you when we were recording yesterday. I do think that Spike storyline is a little bit more interesting. I don't know if that could have carried the whole episode on its own though, either to be frank, but it is interesting to see them do this kind of retread of the very early angel storyline where, you know, Lindsay calls himself Doyle. He, I don't know, Spike just kind of goes through all the, maybe the first like 10 episodes of Angel kind of in the background of this one episode. And I do think that that's an interesting take. It is, you know, that that's kind of where they're going. And I think that's gonna, I think that's more for like payoff later with like, you know, Lindsay's low blow, right? Of using Doyle to try to get to Spike and Mm -hmm. like Angel will eventually hear about it. But it is interesting to kind of, use Spike to call back to, like, where Angel started. Mm-hmm. And you know what, actually, now I'm wondering is, like, is that just so that it's fun for us to watch, like, this alternate history where Spike fills Angel's shoes? Or right. is it also supposed to kind of be a message to Angel that he's strayed from his mission? Uh, that's an interesting idea. I mean, yeah, I think it is that. You know, because 
you you mentioned that like kind of the takeaway spike's takeaway is that like you can't run an evil organization and not be evil like no matter how much good you think you're doing so yeah i mean i do think spike's whole purpose in this episode at least is just to remind them that they're not really accomplishing what they set out to do or at least they're not doing it nearly as well as they think they are well they're not but what's interesting about this now that i'm thinking about it is like Spike is the one who, like, tells them that. But, like, yeah. Spike filling the role of, like, what Angel used to do is orchestrated by Lindsay. So, right. like, Lindsay is somehow kind of sending this message to Angel that he's not mm-hmm. doing the mission, at least the way he used to do it. And also, like, you know, this brings up the question, too, of, like, what is Lindsay's goal here? Because, I mean, yeah. like, seeing him come back is fun, but it's also a little bit frustrating because his arc kind of had a complete ending. And... Coming back now, either he's here to get vengeance on the senior partners or he's here to get vengeance on Angel. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's trying to do both, but then we have to wonder, like, why does he need to get vengeance on Angel? Like, they seem to have kind of made their peace. Right. They weren't friends, but, like, they... They They were begrudging. They moved on, right? (laughs) And so, like, we see Lindsay coming back, hiding himself from the senior partners, carrying out this plan and it seems like maybe he's trying to stick it to them by hurting Angel which is something that they orchestrated him getting into this position so and like Angel would be collateral damage and also maybe that's the benefit too is like you hurt Angel but Mm -hmm. I don't think I quite buy that that would be Lindsay's goal yeah it's definitely it's also possible I'm forgetting a lot (laughs) (laughs) right about where they left off (laughs) yeah yeah, it's true, though. I mean, I'm intrigued. I personally am intrigued to see what Lindsay's up to. I'm anno- I'm sad that they had to use Eve to get there because she was just as annoying in this episode as she's been in every other episode. And I did, I do, at least for the lack of plot and story development that this episode offered, at least they f- it finally got people questioning Eve by the end of it. So it did accomplish one thing. Cause like, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of this ruse and this weird game where we all pretend like maybe she's not evil. And it's like, she obviously is up to something. <laughs> she's been obviously up to something since day one. So like, you know, sometimes you just got to get through all the other storylines before we can approach it. But I'm happy that at least that much has been done. I mean, if we can get rid of Eve and just deal with Lindsay, like, even that if I'm questioning better. the motive of yeah. all of this, like, he's still way more interesting. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was sole purpose. Mm-hmm. I think suffered in comparison to Harm's Way, for sure. Yeah. Um, still not the worst episode of Angel. No, I mean, though. it was fine. I mean, it just could have been better. Could have been just make more sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll figure out more of what's going on, though. Um, although the next batch of episodes, we've got... Damage, and after that we've got You're Welcome. Mm-hmm. So that's the hundredth episode. Um, I don't remember anything about either of those from the name. Okay, alone. then I won't spoil it yeah. for you. Um, I'm very excited for You're Welcome, but okay. Um, yeah, so we're we're making it through. We're making it through. <laughs> uh, let's do more Harm's Ways. <laughs> I wish. I wish Harmony. I don't remember that she really gets the limelight much more after this. I mean, I know she's there, but I Well, don't. and we, we talked about this a little bit, well, before. I, I should stop referring to things that we said that will never um, I know that heard, word. <laughs> but um, I think it makes sense, too, like that type of episode also, because Angel and Wesley and Fred and everyone are kind of in the background of that episode as it's like definitely the Harmony show. Yeah. Um, but 
logistically, like that makes sense when you know that David Boreanaz directed Soul Purpose. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have been able to be in harm's way because he would have been like doing all the prep for the directing. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just kind of an interesting like behind the scenes reason why maybe they decided to do like a harmony focused episode, although not mad about it. Like yeah. I'll take three more, please. All right. Well, do do we have any pop culture? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, well, okay. This is different than what I talked about when we recorded yesterday. And this is actually more of a plan, a pop culture plan than it is, um, a recommendation. I've, I've done this many times over the last several decades of my life. I did just try to get Alex to start playing King's Quest six. So Ooh. the last time that I only, this was only a couple of years ago that I was playing. I tried to play through all the King's Quest games. Um, because I figured out how to use an emulator, which is like with little programs that help you run old programs mm-hmm. or, or run PC programs on your Mac. Uh, but the problem at the time was that, and I was so excited. We played through not King's Quest, but we played through Laura Bow, the Colonel's Bequest. I forget if I ever made you play that. I don't think we did. But you would, I don't think you so. would really like that one because it's, but whatever. That's not the point. The point is, last time I ha- had a lot of success playing old games, um, by the time I found King's Quest VI, it was the one that doesn't have the audio in it, like all right, the voice acting. Right. And I was like, there's literally no point in playing this game if we don't get to hear all the character voices. Because legitimately, when this game first came out, not that I knew this at the time, but the big thing about it was that they had hired like really professional voice actors to do all the work as you play through the game. And it just makes it, it just makes it a lot more fun. Like, it's just not like, if you don't get to hear all the things, it's just like, what, what are we doing here? If you don't hear the guy drunkenly talk about the magic snap but then (laughs) what does it matter and also so we just found a way to play it sort of but it's pretty clunky so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm that's my like goal after we (laughs) for the rest of the evening is to like or at least for this week is to try and figure out if i can actually download it again and play it in a i thought i had a version on my computer that had the um had the audio i mean the last time you and i played an official version was in college uh Hmm. It. If you find it, let me know. I think I found I think the right I thing. I have a version on my computer that I found when I was like cleaning out some files, and I I hope I left it here. So I'm gonna investigate this too. Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing that again. I also just didn't. I uh, the only reason that I didn't get further before we recorded this is because since I already effed up the audio once, I was like, I bet maybe just just to be extra safe, let's not try and download a virus right before I record. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll do more work once this is successfully posted. <laughs> um. But yeah, anyway, I'm just really looking forward to that. I'm hopeful that I can get it work. King's Quest 6 is obviously like a hot, it's like a huge part of my life where like I quote the game. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Like, uh, it's your Twitter handle. It's my Twitter avatar. Or your Twitter photo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but already when we started playing, we were playing a little bit before this. Um, I can like almost quote the whole game. Like every time he like clicks a thing, I'm like, I know exactly what this person says. Alexander <laughs> wakes up. Yeah. It's also fun since Alex's name is Alex. You know, the main character's name is Alex. Kasima. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, so. Now I really want to play. Yeah. Maybe this will be my plan too, is like just listen to what you found and then try to use that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you do all the heavy lifting. I'll do the heavy lifting. Anyway, that's um, what I've got. That's fun. I don't really have anything. Yeah. Um, Wheel of time. I've just been doing a lot of reading. Um, I'm now on book 13 of 14 of the Wheel of Time. Wow. So I'm almost there. Yeah. It's uh, it's very, very distracting, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it's 
an odd sense of perspective of our current predicament. But mm. um, also, it's like it is and it isn't because then you're also like, I mean, yeah, things could be worse, but like it's unlikely that this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know the plot of those books at all. Basically, it's just like the world is ending and like you know, it's foretold by prophecy, but, like, there's magic and, like, there's a group of evil people that they have to battle that are, like, that have, like, really strong magical powers. Like, so, like, I mean, that kind of stuff is unlikely. (laughs) There's also, like, it's a little bit like Game of Thrones, too, where, like, there's this supernatural element, but then there's also, like, the people element where, you know, they're trying to gear up to fight this, like, um, supernatural force but then there's also like land invasions because like the kingdoms are at war mm-hmm. and stuff like i mean honestly like some of, i was like i don't know which one was written first but like there there's some very similar plot threads okay interesting <laughs> except that this one was actually this series was actually finished um <laughs> good, except good that burn. that author actually did die before he finished right it. someone else um, closed it out yeah so like someone else like took his notes and like finished the books Is, but are you reading the ones that are the second author now or no yeah, so, like, I guess what it was is, like, he finished the last novel, but, like, I don't think it was complete, so then this guy, like, took the last one that he had written and turned it into, like, three different novels. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, they're all kind of, like, going towards the same point. They're just, like, I guess he just, like, expanded on the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm almost done, so, yay. Okay. <laughs> took me a couple years, because... I think I put them... I don't think I read any of the books last year. Yeah. So, um, cool. Well, that's my plan this week is to finish that. Yeah. And then obviously watch... You know, I I think I told you yesterday we were chatting that I hadn't watched TV in like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, except for four episodes of Angel. But (laughs) other than that... (laughs) I didn't even think to question you about that. (laughs) It's like, as I watch Angel, I haven't watched TV in two weeks. (laughs) Uh, I do correct myself. Uh, I have been watching a little bit of TV. So, okay. All right. Well, hopefully we won't have any more technological snafus um, and we'll be back next time. But yes. uh, I think we are in complete agreement on which team we're on this week. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, team Harmony. <laughs> team Harmony. Yeah. I'm like, do we even need to say no. it? You guys know. Yeah, everyone it's knows. Team Harmony. Who? How could it not be? Totally. Yeah. So Team Harmony and we'll be back for damage and... You're welcome. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.